welcome, Legionaries, to LegionCast episode 34, Hobby Roundtable 15. I am your host, Warwick, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brandon. Welcome, Legion brothers, Legion sisters, and often forgotten, but never by me, those who bungled four out of five 3D prints today. Welcome to Legion Cast. Great to be here. Brutal. And my brother, Manipal. Greetings, Longbeards. Good to be back again. It's been a little while. I'll just remind you all to seek the wisdom of the ancients. They know more than you do. That's why you're here. All right, guys. Really excited to get into this hobby roundtable with you guys. Uh, Warwick, why don't you uh, lead us off with what our topics are going to be today? Well, we're going to be talking about the new Assault Marine kit that has finally been previewed. It showed up a little late, but I'm glad they're here. We are also going to be discussing our favorite models and least favorite models. I think we're going to do that in a GW intern hour session. We'll also be discussing the first model previewed by the Weta Workshop collab with Games Workshop. Lieutenant Titus is looking pretty dope. And the new White Scars console, the Stormseer, looking pretty dope. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh... It's been a little while since I've been on a hobby roundtable, so I'm looking forward to getting back into some of these discussions. You were kind of busy there for a while, and then you were out of town, so it's good to have you back. Well, in fact, I was in Israel when all the current business kicked off, and uh, I actually made it home safe and sound. I was happy for that, and um, hoping for better times ahead for all those poor people. How was the Carlsberg while you were there? Well, I drank a lot of it, but they actually had some other stuff as well. I did get my fill of the um, uh, the, the 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 different amber beers that we had last time. That was pretty tasty. Yeah, did you bring us back any Gold Star? No, I drank it all on the way. Well, that's unfortunate and also highly inconsiderate of you. Well, security being what it is, they don't like you to bring in a lot of uh, bottles of liquid on the uh, <laughs> on the airplane. Fair enough. So to kick things off, I think we're going to talk about the Assault Marine kit that was finally previewed for us. But what did you guys think? Well, I'm like you said in the intro, I'm glad that we have it. I'm looking at the description right now from Warhammer Community. And in the box set, you'll get 10 plastic assault marines with a variety of poses and accessories. Although that means it's basically the, the Mark VI uh, torsos and legs. You'll get combat shields, which we should talk about, plus options for the assault sergeant, including a choice of helmeted and unhelmeted heads, melt bomb power fist, and lightning claws for both hands. Now, that feels a little underwhelming. I, I saw there was a comment online where a guy said he was hoping that they would have a whole bunch of thunder hammers or something, and then someone else was hoping for a bunch of power swords and chain axes. But your basic assault squad doesn't have access to a lot of those things. I think at most they could equip a couple of power weapons. And so I don't I don't think that this is the kit where we're going to get all the stuff we really want. There'll probably be another melee weapon upgrade sprue like they did with the melta guns and las cannons and all that stuff. What do you guys think? I hope to see that kind of setup. I guess the the big concern for me is that this doesn't give you uh from what we see here, it doesn't give you access to a lot of the stuff the squad can take because one in every five guys can take a plasma pistol and one in every five can take a power weapon. And if we're not even getting, I, I know that you've kind of already touched on it, but I can see where those guys would come from, like wanting extra power weapons to outfit them as veterans or like specialty uh, legion 
specific units. Like the Ultramarines can take the uh, Loctaris Assault Squads, which are a fast attack option for us, and they all have power swords. So just being able to outfit five guys that all have power swords would be really nice for me. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really expecting the kit to come with like a the ability to outfit entirely with power weapons. But I did throw, figure they'd throw a couple in there. You know, even, I mean, even the tactical kit has like a lightning claw and a power fist. Uh, weirdly enough, it doesn't have a chainsword, but, you know, whatever. But that's, I don't know, that just kind of seems to be the story with these kits is they, they just don't have everything you're looking for. So I'm looking at the Mark VI upgrade kit and it does come with a power sword and a lightning claw on it. So I wonder if it's just going to be something like this little tiny sprue that has the upgrades for the sergeant and not much else. Uh, but yeah, I agree with with you guys that there should have been a couple of power weapons in the, at the very least. And the combat shields were an interesting upgrade for them. I don't really foresee taking combat shields with my assault marines. It seems more like they got confused and that should have been in a, a breacher kit or something like that. I suppose it's there, but isn't it just a six up save? Six up and vulnerable save. Um, I like that it's included because I like having more stuff. Um, unless you're playing, yeah, even playing Space Wolves with their inducti, I still wouldn't take them. Um, one of the things I didn't see in the the article, maybe I just missed it, is are these guys coming with regular backpacks or are they only going to have the jump packs? Oh, so you could use it as a despoiler kit instead. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it says. Because if that doesn't come with them, big freaking miss. I don't think so, because if you look at their chest pieces, there's actually chains that are integral to it that run up from the breastplate up and around the shoulders to show that's where this this jump pack hooks on. So if they did that, it would also have to include a different uh, chest plate to accommodate having a regular backpack on there. That is pretty unfortunate, if that is the case. Can we time out for a second? Because I totally, I was looking through the website for our thing later. I just realized, you know how they used to have the kit with the two tech marines in it? And it was like 45 bucks? They just, they on the new website, it's split out and each of them is 46. <laughs> they look like shit too. I was like, I, I was scrolling through looking for what I was going to pick for my kit that I don't like working with. And I was saw that and I was like, what the absolute fuck? Okay. Okay. The All fuck right. are they doing? They're not even good kits. The apothecaries are still together, though. All right. Sorry. Off topic there. So, I mean, it, as a whole, this kit is nice. It's going to do for new players what we have already done for ourselves. But what I mean by that is, like, I 3D printed a bunch of my own parts. Maniple, I know you ordered stuff from Etsy to make yours. Brandon, have you even made Assault Marines yet? Or have you needed to? Uh, not assault marines, but I did make those Palantine blades. Um, oh, yeah. And I 3D printed those jump packs as well. Right. I was actually listening to another show recently. Um, I believe it was the Heresy Accountability Buddies. And they were talking about the, the problem with assault marines is that they do what other squads do, but worse. Which I kind of thought was a, a bit of a controversial take. But after their arguments, I really agree, which is... They can't take a Vexilla like a spoiler squad can. They're faster, but 
they're way more expensive than a despoiler squad in a rhino so i can see the argument for it i that's why i was really hoping this kit is going to be able to make despoilers because i think it'd get a lot more mileage but i still think the kit's going to do fine uh as far as sales go because people need the chain swords other than that though it it looks fine i i have no i am neither super pleased or displeased with the kit it looks like a good mark six assault marine kit i think for me the issue because i run a a 10-man squad now the issue is getting the most out of them in previous incarnations of 40k when i've run them you use them to run around and kind of assault and kill small units you might have an artillery piece or you might have a lone character or a the last three guys standing on an objective but in 30k they're much more problematic so warwick you mentioned that it'd be nice if they had a plasma pistol but say your job is to jump into the backfield and take out that five man sun killers team and you jump in next to him and shoot your plasma pistol what's going to happen next I'm going to roll the one. You're never going to get to shoot in your plasma pistol because you're going to jump in next to you and they're going to be like, sweet, we have an augury scanner. Goodbye. Right. So you get the you get those those reactions or they just react and shoot. Right. Mm hmm. The, the shooting reaction. And then what happens when you charge in Overwatch? Overwatch. Right? Well, I'm not I'm not planning on putting them into sun killers. Well, I know. But whatever. Say it was a, a seven man squad of, of uh, plasma guys or maybe it's. There's there's so much shooting that all those things are adding another chance for the enemy to shoot at you, With whether it's when you deep strike, when you shoot, when you charge. I think they that, that makes them problematic just in using them in general. I guess in my experience, they seem to be best of hopping onto a, a backfield objective that's not being that's not being held and just holding and just holding it. Um, if they get into assault, that's great. But I see a lot of problems in getting there in the first place. One of my big problems with assault marines, the assault marines, the way that I've run mine, is their leading cause of death is death by dreadnought. Because I will put them in on an objective early in the game, because I'll run mine fairly aggressively. They will get charged by a dreadnought. And the only thing I have in the squad that can damage it is either a sergeant's power fist or a bomb. And because they're only weapon skill four, that dreadnought is always shredding them. And I have, I run mine with power spears because I'm stupid, I guess, instead of power axes. The power axes might have a chance at winning a dreadnought, but it it, it never plays out for in my favor. I definitely know what you're uh, referring to, Manipole, in the, the shooting. And that's why, again, I think the spoilers are better because for less points, you can just pile in more bodies so you can absorb that getting shot better don't even you forego the plasma pistols on them at least i do um because i'm not gonna shoot at what i want to charge because i don't want to get shot back so i'm like i'll take one round of shooting through the overwatch take a few casualties and then uh pile on from there and i think you do probably want to run if you're going to run one unit of assault marines you probably want to maybe run consider running two if you really want to get the most out of them and then have some jet bikes so that you're able to because the point of those fast moving troops is you're able to then concentrate your power in one particular spot. So if you've got two units of assault Marines and a unit of jet bikes and maybe a flyer, you can use that to kind of pinpoint hit one individual spot. That's what the mobility gives you. 
but if you're kind of spreading them out and playing it safe, you're not going to get anything out of them. So it's kind of an all or nothing uh, sort of attack, unless you're just using them to bounce around and, and grab a, a quick objective somewhere. Then maybe if that's your tactic, then maybe one is, is worth it. Yeah. And see, that's why I just, I kind of like the, the jet bikes better for that. Um, they can't take the objective, but they have some heavier weapons to really like bully that tactical squad that you have hanging out in the back or something like that. Now, like, let me get you guys a thought on this. Do you run an apothecary with your assault Marines? I do. Yeah. So by then your, your 10 assault Marines plus an apothecary who's taken a jump pack, probably artificer armor because you want him to live. No. All right. You like to live dangerously. I can respect that. I think my brother has some apothecary bits for me that he's been holding on to for, for about a year now. Not intentionally. I'll, I'll get him to you this Thanksgiving. The, I promise. The point being that by the time you put just an apothecary into that assault Marine squad for the same amount of points, you almost have a 20 man despoiler squad who are only moving five inches slower on foot if they're not running. Right. So, but that being said, again, I'm glad we have the kit massively overdue, but I'm glad that it's, it is coming out. What about the other uh, new releases that we had uh, recently? You guys mentioned a White Scar? Oh yeah, the White Scar has got a Stormseer console, which is there. They cannot take a Librarian upgrade. The White Scars cannot take a Librarian standard. They take a Stormseer instead. And it's a just a Psyker particular to the White Scars Legion. And he gets... I took a glance at it uh, the other day. And it's kind of tricky. He gets one. He has. He himself has to stand still to use the psychic ability, but it can make another unit move more quickly. So he, it's like um, storm winds or some junk. Uh, anyway, he's got a couple of unique psychic powers he can use. He can also use force, uh, take the standard force weapon kind of thing. So uh, it, it's it's fine. I like the model. I think the model looks great. Um, Brian and I have a, a friend that's getting into white scars too. So I've been kind of trying to build some, just kind of doing list hammer stuff, trying to build a couple lists for him, but he doesn't want to run jet bikes. And I was like, you're missing out on so much fun, but no, he's actually got a, a really interesting idea. I think he wants to run the armored spearhead because anything that can take a rhino in the armored spearhead right of war can take a land raider proteus instead. So he's going to have a bunch of despoilers in, Land Raider Proteus is just rolling up the field. And I think I, I built a list that had him running like a Spartan and like three or four Proteuses, Protei, just full of troops. And it, it looked really vicious. So I need to actually get that to talk to him about that. But anyway, um, yeah, the, the model looks great. I'm a big White Scars fan. The more I've been looking into their rule set, uh, trying to help this friend out, uh, the more interested I am in them. Yeah, on the model, it kind of the way his his little um, tabard sits. It looks like he's wearing chaps. See, he's got those these leather kind of this leather skirt on the side of his legs, and it's a it's a pretty cool model. Um, can this guy be mounted on a jet bike himself or a uh, another kind of bike? So yeah, he can take a. Uh, he could take a jet bike, but he for his he can take a retinue of these guys called the Dark Sons of Death that are total badasses, and they all come with jump packs. So if you give him a jump pack, he can 
get plugged into this um, retinue that is uh, pretty nasty. I think this is one of the uh, kind of a running joke, though, with the White Scars is that so many of their models are not released with a jet bike or a motorcycle version. Can't the Khan even ride something? But his model is only on foot. Yeah, the Khan can take a, a jet bike as part of his war gear. Yeah, but he doesn't have a model for it. Yeah, that's actually, you know, calling out our friend who doesn't want to run the jet bikes. I actually think that's really fun and shows that there's more to these legions than just the, the their one thing that they're known for. Um, because you can run white scars in an armored spearhead and it will absolutely work. Um, is it the most traditional way to do it? No, but they had the capacity to do so. Um, even if it wasn't necessarily, you know, within their regular doctrine. Um, and I, I think that's fun and it's, it's cool to see different takes on things like that. Like you can run gun line space wolves. So it's, it's interesting to see, you can run ultramarines that aren't overtuned to the max. Um, not that anyone on this podcast would have any experience with that, but there's no point in that. I think you're being silly. Yeah. But yeah. It's a great model. Um, do you want to talk about some other releases as well? I do want to briefly mention the new Deathwing Knights that got previewed um, at the Warhammer World Championships. Man, these guys look freaking cool, and I will definitely, hopefully, be converting them up to be something because um, I don't want to pass up on that. Uh, quick time out. I just noticed this. I'm still looking at the Stormseer model. Can we just take a moment to appreciate the absolute trigger discipline this guy has on that bolt? Love some good trigger discipline. It's amazing. Yeah. What? Anyway. Anyway, what did you guys think of the uh, the Deathwing Knights? Did you see them? I I liked them. I I just glanced at them briefly, but I think they're uh, pretty on theme for. 40k and uh what the lion has going I think on right now with those particular models and they've done now several versions of these different uh death um uh, deathwing terminators they've always looked good because they really dive into the night aesthetic and the and they always have their weapons always seem to be really um uh, master crafted and look really good the shields always have interesting designs and i love the helmet design on the dark angels so I think they've really knocked it out of the park again on these guys. Yeah, I'm, you guys know I'm a sucker for the Deathwing Knights. Um, I actually use the old kit to kit bash into some Inner Circle Knights for my 30k army. Uh, technically, they're in the wrong armor pattern, and technically I don't care. Um, but it'll probably be the same with these guys as well. Although, the scale might be pretty off. We'll have to see. Yeah, it seems to be, to me, and I haven't looked at the new Mark III kit, but I, my assumption is that they've been trying to get that scale to match up a little better now between the, the two systems. So hopefully there'll be a day when your 30K Marines and your 40K Marines and your Primaris Marines are all using the same base and the same helmet size. So I'm sure they'll never I'm let sure that happen. Soon. Well, I can tell you the new Mark III kit, it's just the Mark VI kit re-rendered to be Mark III which is fine. I did think it was interesting. Actually, we could talk about this a little bit since we're talking about the Mark III kits. We all talked about how um, we were worried about the heavy weapons kit for the Mark VI and the special weapons not really matching up for the Mark III. And in the Mark III sprue, they've actually included a bunch of big up-armored cuffs on the, uh, on the kit to hide that it's kind of more streamlined with the Mark VI armor. 
I thought that was a great touch that they went for there and really helped the aesthetic of the model. So I, I, I didn't, yeah, I'm not gonna I, lie. I, I never agree. thought of such a simple fix and it's great. I noticed that and I, I really like that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the, for all their other faults, GW does take their their plastic kits seriously, and I'm glad to see those little touches in there. It's like, they, okay, they are thinking about how this is going to be used on the tabletop, so good on them. All right, before we go with the big, size-wise, big new release, should we go with the tiny new release? Well, there it seems like there's been a lot. Now that the... Is it true that the, the big box is on pre-order for... I like it. What's the name of the game? Legions Imperialis. It was on pre-order before right. it sold out the same day it went on pre-order. And I think that ended up being a pretty good deal. I was I was pretty pessimistic about what the final price was going to be. I was still thinking it'd be 250 or 300 bucks, but it came in at that $200 mark. And I'm if they re-release it, I'll probably pick one up because that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, same here. I didn't think I was going to pre-order it anyway, but... If there's a, I, I'm pretty sure my local store is going to get in a couple of boxes. So when it drops to the, when it gets to the store, I'll probably be able to pick up a box. I wasn't really planning on buying in. Um, I think for the $200 price point, it is, that's the right price point to have it. Is it pretty undercosted for what you have in the box? I actually think that is the case. But also, I don't think anybody would have bought in if they had priced it for higher. I just don't think that, especially with the delay, they lost a lot of the hype behind it. Um, it's already a niche game. It's just, you know, and, you know, there are going to be some people who are absolute fanatics about it. But I just I just don't see it taking off in a way that they could justify more than that. And if it had come out and this box was 300 bucks, everybody would have been like, thanks, but no thanks. And I'm, I'm still impressed with the models. You know, the more I look at them, the more I like them. Even a few weeks ago, we got the preview of the Dracosin transports. Did you guys take a look at those? Oh, yeah. It's like the predecessor to the Chimera. It looks bigger than a Chimera. To me, it looks bigger than a Chimera, but I can't. I haven't seen it uh, there. And it does have a demolisher cannon on the, on the front. So I think it's a little bigger than that. But yeah, it's a pretty cool little model. But again, I've got so much stuff on my shelf I need to paint. i got to make some headway and other stuff before I get, get into this one. But it's certainly on my radar. What do you guys think the likelihood of, with this, Solar Auxilia being the next plastic army to get a heresy release in, in the 28 mil? Oh, yeah, I'd like that. I would be optimistic that that's the case. But I'm inclined to think they're just going to keep diving into Space Marines and maybe give something like a, a little demonic release or maybe a possessed marines some more chaos mutations that sort of thing well they said we're getting a plastic army they've had that in their release calendar i think this is it what if it's mechanicus mechanicum sorry that would also be super cool uh, but I, I i do kind of believe that this would be the trial run of getting those sculpts started and then put some work into scaling them up they'll definitely have to be changed around on the sprues for the molds but the design is there now Martin won't have to run um, Traitor Guard. Or, yes, sorry, he will, because I militia. love his army, and it's fantastic. He, he has a guy in his army that has a freaking blunderbuss. He has more than He's one. He's got like, a guy with like a flintlock pistol. It's so cool. Martin's army is so oh, cool. Shout out to Martin. Go listen to Fires of Betrayal. 
great podcast and great guy. Yeah, I would look, I would look forward to a Solar Exile army because, truth be told, I think I like some of their tanks better than the Space Marine stuff. I think all the landers get looking a little samey, but the there's some uniqueness to those Solar Exilia tanks and old, you know, worn out designs and then new weird stuff. I, I think it would be pretty pretty fun. Yeah, should be. Uh a lot of fun that would be a good kit to work with should we get on to the last release we want to talk about the big one in many ways yeah so when a workshop as you know has teamed up with the games workshop and the first model they have released is our boy lieutenant titus from the space marine video game the giga chat now himself. space marine space marine came out in like 2011 2013 something like that yeah it was a long time ago yeah, uh, and so the first one came out back then, and it was actually Captain Titus back then. But uh, through the, you know, kind of topsy-turvy ways of the 41st millennia, he comes back in Space Marine 2 as Lieutenant Titus, and he's a primary Space Marine now. So we got this big, badass version of himself absolutely ripping through Tyranids on just this massive scale, that's not the only big part about the model. Do you guys check check out that price point? Yeah, there 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 are two versions of it. There's the Battleline edition, which is one thousand one hundred and ninety nine US, excluding tax, and then there is the limited edition. Uh, there only will be thirteen hundred made, and it is one thousand three hundred ninety nine dollars. So probably not going to be getting that one anytime soon. Yeah, that's going to be a pass for me, boys. I'm trying to buy a house. Yeah, I mean, whoever ends up taking the leap and buying that sucker, man, that thing's going to be freaking cool. Um, oh, shoot, he's yeah, got multiple parts. You can give him a thunder hammer. Swap okay, out I'm his in. head and give him a thunder hammer as well. <laughs> uh, the Battle Line Edition doesn't have any of those swappable parts. Man, it's freaking cool. It's just a little bit beyond beyond what i can do i'm pretty sure that my wife would murder to be me. fair have you looked at any of the the other ver- little toys that have come out there's the mcfarlane uh action figures and then there was um joy toy did different things i think in a, a certainly a lot larger than 40k i've seen them at like barnes and noble you guys ever bought one of those just for display I've glanced at them i've never bought one i would like to get the gray plastic version of the the Primaris Marine because I would paint that up like my homebrew uh, chapter, but in any of the regular kind of stock uh, kind of stock portrait stuff, I'm not that interested in. Uh, mostly, I was interested in this because it's Weta, and their quality is just beyond anything else I would ever own. Um, one of the things that I actually looked into and absolutely could not afford is that uh, they will hand make. The um, the Morgul blade from the Lord of the Rings for you, uh, like the same same guy who worked on all the films, he does it. Uh, starting price point is six thousand dollars, and I was like, ooh, just a little bit beyond my price point, but it's a real sword. So hear me out, Brandon. I think you should go for this Titus model. I think you should go ahead and pick it up. And my reasoning being is that your wife will kill you. But she has said on multiple occasions, if anything happens to you, I get all your stuff. You could just skip the death part and then have Brandon just buy it for you. He didn't give me anything for my birthday. That's not true. That's 100% not true. I probably forgot about whatever it was. I subsidized your 3D printer, you fuck. 
Oh shit! I forgot about that. Give me a hundred bucks towards your three D printer, you <laughs> dick. Fuck you, Warwick. You are the worst kind of friend. I think that you know, uh, all things being equal, I think a lot of those statues and stuff are for YouTubers to put behind them on their display case. And in a, a previous life, it might have been those. Um, what are those? Those little figures with the big heads. Uh, uh, Funko are, is, Pops aren't uh, they Funko going Pops. out of business? Yeah. You know what do Funko Pops exist for? Yeah, I don't know or care. I think so. Well, they'll they'll always be there in some in some fashion, but. I suppose if if you were a YouTuber with a huge audience and had all kinds of money to spend on stuff like that, that's exactly what you want to have on your back shelf so you could show what a super fan you were. And and more more power to them. I'm glad those guys are able to do that stuff. But I'm sure it won't be too long before we have somebody who bought five and converts them into a squad. Um, These are true scale space marines. A squad of Lieutenant Tituses would just win the entire war. So we got Titus. That's coming alongside the Space Marine 2 release. What other models do you think Weta's going to tackle first? Well, second now. More Ultramarines? Because it's always more Ultramarines. You don't think they're going to do a big Chaos Boy? Who would they do? Like, Abaddon's the easy choice, but honestly, that thing would be fucking huge. It'd be huge. I would want to see Karn the Betrayer. That would be sick. I'd want to see see Karn first. Karn the Betrayer would be really cool. Um, it'll never happen, but I'd love to see a, a Warsmith Hansu. Never happened, but it would be awesome. If you watch their little intro video, all the guys are talking about their favorite factions, and they're probably dropping hints as to what's going to come out next. So, like, one guy's into Tyranids, one guy's into Orcs, one guy's into Chaos, and I don't think anybody mentioned Sisters of Battle or uh, Imperial Guard, so we could probably not see one of those at first, but those other the bigger, more recognizable ones would probably be next. What if we saw, as far as Tyranids go, we actually saw, like, the classic Old One-Eye or the Red Terror? Those would be so big. Not saying they can't do it, but man, that would be I think they could get away with the Red Terror, but Old One-Eye would be massive. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, if we're talking huge models, um, our boy Gazkul Magaruk Thraka. Yeah, Yark. That is one that would be really hard for yeah, me not to Yeah, that'd be rough. Buy. Or uh, old man Yorick. Well, I tell you that 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 one you made for me is has won me a lot of forty k games. So I gotta give you thanks. He's just a lawnmower man. So love to hear that. Yeah, I, I I used that. I think I probably told the story before, but I used him against one of my buddy Jason's armies and went up against his HQ and he failed his saves after Gaskell hit him and he and I said, okay, that's nine hits. Are you able to save any of those with? Anything else? He says, no, that he does nine wounds? That's crazy. He said, well, no, each one of those does four wounds. So it's actually 36. (laughs) (laughs) You about flipped the table over. (laughs) Oh, man, that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying that model because the entire time I painted him, I was like, don't start orcs. Don't start orcs. All right, guys. Well, should we move on to our next topic here? We've been talking news for quite a while. Yeah, why not? So, favorite model and least favorite model. Uh, Manipal, I think you su- I think te- I think technically it's least favorite kit. Yeah, it's with. what we're working with. Here. Yeah, so Manipal, I think you suggested it, right? So why don't you... Um... Yeah, I just finished putting together the Land Raider Proteus. And this is a model that, ever since the first edition of uh, 40K in the Rogue Trader book, that model has been in my mind as one that I've always wanted to build, but the old pewter one was always out of, out of reach, uh, impossible to find. 
And I, I, I think I, I only ever saw one in person. It was in a display case at a hobby shop and it had fallen apart. And I thought, boy, we really need to fix that up. So getting the Land Raider Proteus kit was pretty exciting. I, I got two of them. And I just the other day finished putting together my Explorator, which I'm going to use with my Alpha Legion to try and hopefully get a, do a better job at, at my deep striking and reserve rolls. Now, most of the kit went together fine, but when I got to those the sponsons where you're putting together the, the, the holder for the Lance Cannon and everything else, it just felt really fiddly. And I've put together a lot of Land Raider kits, so you'd think I'd be used to this by now. But I was really hoping with their new design technology, they would have been able to make that all in, in fewer pieces with the same flexibility. And now the problem is that the pe- the pieces don't fit snugly enough where you're supposed to be able to kind of pivot those guns up and down to get your elevation. But they fit so loosely on the on the part that they just immediately fall back down. And you can't actually hold them pointed. So I'm going to have to put in a little piece of plastic card or maybe after I paint it, it'll snug up a little bit. But I just thought that the tolerances were just a little too loose on that. And so putting the tank together was a little bit fiddly. Was not. It's currently my least favorite project. Maybe that'll change over time, but probably it's because my, my expectations were so high and then dropped so low. So that's at the bottom of my list right now, but I'm, I'm still probably going to do another one. Those plastic tanks, like I'm glad we're getting them in plastic, but some of them are kind of tricky. So, and that's, uh, I definitely share that experience. Slightly different kit though. What I'm going to talk about is the plastic Rhino and specifically anything on that Rhino chassis. For whatever reason, that bottom plate, it just never quite syncs up for me. No matter how much I shave down, and how I'm working it, like I've had to sit there and pound on my desk with this thing to get it to to slot in and get it to work. And then um, I don't know if you guys experience. I do not have a single Rhino of the plastic Demos Rhinos kits where the back ramp works properly. None of them work. I I've ended up gluing mine them all works right because I don't know what I did. I think I got very lucky. Mine flops open. You probably put it together wrong. Honest to God, you, you... that's that's probably the highest probability of, of that. Yeah, because <laughs> I've got so I've got three Demos pattern rhinos and a whirlwind Scorpius, and none of them have had that back ramp work properly. And all of them I've had problems sticking the the sides to the the main chassis. Um, actually, work I did want to ask about because you you put together that Predator. Did you have a similar issue there? No, because I was going to pick that for my favorite kit because it has so many bits. It's very versatile and it went together very well. So no, I think the the predator kit was a real win for me. Okay. Awesome. Well, why don't you give us our, uh, your least favorite kit and then that's a perfect segue into what we're doing next, which is our favorite kit to work with. I've had to think this over a lot. And I still don't have a good answer. I think the sheer tedium with the cataphracty terminators, putting together 10 of those, and then to field them on the board just for them to repeatedly do nothing and bounce Mm -hmm. off of every unit I've put them into, has made them 
like not just assembly wise, but also gameplay wise. And I know we talked about this in our last hobby roundtable with Martin. Uh, Terminators really struggle because they're only weapon skill four. It's it's just a rough show for them. Um, the models are very fine assembly wise. I really struggle liking them. So I'm curious: is that more so because of the fact that you don't like them on the table now, or is it actually putting them together? I've done uh, twenty of them now because I did to the ten uh, the ten that came in the, the box set, the Age of Darkness box set. And then I had to get 10 more so I could build my full Mentaras. Doing that last 10, I just don't care for them. I, the models look fine. The, the, the way that they assemble, they're kind of like kind of Maniple talked about all the little fiddly bits that you end up dealing with. I wish they had a better way of doing those. Now you said something about them bouncing off the units you sent them against. I, I always tremble in fear when those 10 lightning clawed cataphracti come out, you, you have trouble elsewhere. Well, I think I've only thrown them into you once or twice, but anytime I've run them against someone else, they just bounce off of whatever I put them into. And like, uh, I had a really bad game with them one time against Paul because he had like three dreadnoughts on the flank that those cataphracti were trying to hold. And he charged in from different ends. So it ended up daisy chaining, all of my cataphracty between two engagement zones. And every time I had to consolidate, I had to stretch them thinner and thinner and thinner until there was eventually nothing. And uh, going against a weapon skill five dreadnought and only wounding on sixes, uh, it it was just brutal. They couldn't do anything. 10 cataphracty couldn't do anything against a dreadnought. It was insane. And I know lightning claws are not the best weapon for that job, but you'd think just sheer weight of dice would have done something, and that just wasn't the case. Yeah, it's the hitting on fives that can be really difficult, because putting them in against something more elite, there are too many points to not be hitting something heavy, but they just don't, don't have the ability to really hang into that fight. Actually, on elite Terminators, I actually like Lightning Claws against Dreadnoughts, uh, because you get that shred re-roll, every wound you get is now on an invulnerable save. Yeah, and that's a funny thing you bring up, uh, Warwick, because it you will put together a model and love it, but then when it loses consistently in battle, you learn to hate it, and you never want to put any of them together. Because we do have these this this attachment to our to our models, and one of my buddies famously thought that the model should work as well as the amount of effort you put into it to assemble and paint it, and how cool it looks. And if the rules don't match how cool it looks, then it's a bad rule. And that's not a bad way to think about game design. Yeah, uh, there was kind of this old, kind of almost superstition I had back when I played War Machine. It's like I never wanted to paint anything after a while because I would get a, a, a model painted up. And War Machine and Hordes had some great looking models. I would get something painted up and put it on the board and it would just do horribly that game. And so after a while, I just stopped painting my stuff because anytime I was very proud to put something on a table, it would just get steamrolled. I didn't want to play anymore. It's just a really weird kind of psychology attached to the hobby for some reason. Well, I know there were some guys that when they, when they were playing, they allowed every model that was fully painted to get some sort of extra save. And they called it the, the painted save. That if you were saved, you could roll a six. And if you got a six, you you, you could save the model. If you're playing against somebody who was playing with unpainted models. To, as a way to encourage them to 
good hobby. In my house rule is that for every unpainted model, you just get more shame. Shame has been the greatest contributing factor to me actually participating in this hobby because historically I have not been a consistent painter, but getting into heresy has really helped me step up my hobby game. So I can talk about my, my favorite kit then, if that's okay. And this will sound a little hypocritical because it's, it's a kit that has a lot of fiddly bits. And I didn't like it on the tank because when you're done with all the fiddly bits, it still looks exactly the same. But I've been back into my bits box and working on some Mark III Marines. And the old Mark III kit was everything I loved about the first days I got into Warhammer, where you could customize the model fully. You could put whatever pose you wanted on it. You can swap arms and legs out from different kits and different heads. And I just really like the, the, the flexibility of that. And even then, I was just thinking about how I could make these guys look more intimidating and imposing. I remember reading, reading an article about how if you just add a little spacer between the torso and the leg and bring it up a little bit and then fill in that gap with some green stuff, you can make them only a millimeter taller, but they'll look a lot more menacing on the, on the tabletop because your eye will just be drawn to that extra height. You can add a little bit in the shins as well if you cut the shins off and extend them that way. The kit like this allows for, for a lot of that sort of really clever conversion work. And uh, getting back into assembling that kit again really made me not just nostalgic for the old days, but very happy I still got enough of these bits I can keep making those conversions, at least for a while into the future. And now my next, my, my next one, I haven't really delved into the Mark VI kit very much. I'm really going to take a deep dive into this and see what I can do with this with this kit if I'm locked into how they want me to put it together. So you're talking about the old Mark III kit. I'll tell the you. The old Mark III kit. The one, one that's of no the, One of my favorite parts about that kit, and I almost picked that kit as my favorite. One of my favorite bits is you can get, they've got a, on one of the sprues, there are uh, slung chain swords. So you can have chain swords hanging off your hip. And I thought that was really cool. I actually used them for what I'm working on now. I used those bits because I, I think they're really awesome. All right. I think uh, I'm going to have some honorable mentions for favorite kit to work with here because there's actually been quite a lot for me that uh, I've really enjoyed so far. So first honorable mention for me is going to be my Emperor's Children Tartaros Praetor. Man, that thing has just been a joy to paint. I've almost got him finished. Um really fun model a lot of good detail on it just really cool um great awesome model that I've, I've really loved the resin was all pretty good his sword is slightly warped um but not that not that big of a deal second honorable mention for me is actually going to be uh marduk cedrus uh, i think i've shown you guys pictures of, of him as well I love the detail. You know, we were talking about it with the Deathwing Knights. I just, I love the little details of the Dark Angels, that knightly aesthetic. Um, it's just a lot of fun to work with. And that big anime sword he's got is super cool and fun to work with, uh, which is going to lead into my favorite model that I've gotten, my favorite kit that I've gotten to work with, and that is the Lion. Uh, it was such a joy to paint. Um, the resin was really easy to work with i was pleasantly surprised at how nicely that kit went together uh, especially being built in sub-assembly for me it still went right together no problem 
and it's got enough detail on it that I could really work on trying some different things. You know, it was kind of my first major attempt at non-metallic metal, and I think it came out pretty well. Um, but so much fun detail and things to work with. It was just such a good time. Nice. Yeah. I kind of refrained from picking a uh, like specialty unit or a unique unit, but I can see how uh, how that would work. I maybe if I picked one, I'd uh, obviously I'd pick the Scissorine because they are very nice models. Busted as they are on the tabletop, they are very nice models to to assemble and paint. They're pretty simple to assemble, and the the detail on them is very good. So if you paint them up real nice, like I, I feel like I did, uh, they're very cool. Uh, that brings up an interesting hobby question. If you guys are faced with a model that has a lot of plain, smooth surfaces versus one that has a lot of detail on it, would you say that the detail one is actually easier to paint because you've got those lines and barriers? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. There is more tedium to it. But overall, it is easier to paint because you don't have to think uh, about these these this broad stretch of uh, territory you now have to cover. And I'm just looking at this Mark VI kit now, and I'm looking at these um, the the leg armor, for instance. It's just a smooth piece of metal, and I thought that is going to be a pain in the ass to make it look good. And and I think if if I just had a little bit more raised detail here and some other little bits and bobs on it, I could make that. I could take care of that so much quicker, but now to get it nice and smooth and clean and to make it look interesting is, is a lot more difficult. Uh, one of the cheater ways that I do that is um, since I've got the special shoulder pads, I usually go with the studded shoulder pad on my Mark six because it, I think it looks a little bit better, but uh, I put water slide transfers on their legs. So I'll put the squad markings and stuff on their legs. And that, that goes a long way. Too. you can just throw your color on there and then throw your transfer on yeah no i think that's a a good uh a good mix of different units and and model kits on there and that's something we'd love to hear back from the community what what did we miss and what did we what did we get right and i think that uh as the range continues to increase in size maybe we can revisit this one again in the future maybe these assault marines will be the next hot thing and we'll all that'll be our new i think kit. this kind of highlights how different we all are as hobbyists because we all kind of went for different things that we like it versus don't like for you know i i definitely lean more into the the painting side versus you know you were very much on the you know i, I enjoyed putting these together and these dynamic poses i could make with with that kit and Warwick was like, I just enjoy putting the most busted thing on the table. Hey, if it works, it works. Well, guys, I think that kind of wraps up a fun discussion. What did you think? Yeah, definitely. A little bit of a shorter episode today, but uh, that's all right. Um, not, uh, it was it was fun to just kind of go through the news in depth and get to talk about these new kits that we're seeing, as well as, uh, you know, have a little bit of a conversation around the hobby. And, uh, you know, we're missing, missing one of our co-hosts today. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but... Uh, Good conversation, guys. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the uh, Thanksgiving Christmas break. We should be able to get some games in with Warwick. I should have some new units ready by then, and I guess that's just coming up in a few days, so we'll see you soon. And with all the new kits coming out, uh, 
really excited to see what this new army is going to be in the winter. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to being able to hang out again. It's been a while since we've gotten together. But folks, why don't you go ahead and look us up on social media. We are legioncast18 at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. And we are legioncast, a horror heresy podcast on Twitter or X or whatever. Go ahead and contact us there. Give us a follow. Don't forget to share this podcast out to all your friends. Don't forget to give us a comment and a rating. It will really help us out. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, fellas. We'll see you again next time. Yep, thanks for stopping by, everybody. And remember to march in fortune.